Welcome to the Ten Commandments podcast with Chad. Today we're going to be talking about commandment three, which is, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So what's this one about? Well, let's first take a look at the definition of vain. Vain can be defined as without real significance, value, or importance. With this command, for me, growing up, this was about be careful with how you use the word God, because that's his name, right? So this command for me was often like, don't say things like God damn or oh my God, unless you really want him to damn something right, or unless you really were genuine in your oh my God expression to God. Uh, Don't say unthinkingly the word God. Basically, that was the gist of it. Don't unthinkingly use the word God or any other name for him. Although, of course, gosh was okay. But <laughs> So, while this may have value in not cursing, it's missing a more important part. And I think that part is taking the name. I think that's the part that we often miss, or to me has been recently highlighted, that idea of taking the name. So, as we look at the context here, Israel is entering into a new relationship with this God they're learning about, and it's like a a spousal relationship or entering into a partnership. Israel is taking on a new name. Israel came out of Egypt, as we've talked about a lot up to this point, where the culture in Egypt had been to relate to a number of different gods with different images. And here God is teaching them, he alone is God, don't make an image of him. And now he's saying, don't take on this new name for yourself, this name of children of this one God. Don't take this on in vain. You're taking on a new name like you're taking on a a whole new relationship, a whole new dynamic, a whole new life trajectory. When you take on my name, don't take that in vain. Don't do it uncaringly or without recognizing the significance that really is at play here. In saying, don't do this in vain, God is saying, I'm not just another God to appease. This is to be intentional, conscious, and the most serious thing in your life. If you want to truly live and make your way to a different and new home, you can't do this part-time or in vain. And over and over again, we, when we see God talking, he, he says things like, I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be your God, you will be my people. This is significant and you must treat it as such and of utmost importance. So again, I I don't think this command is as much not using God's name in vain. The point of the command is with entering into this relationship. It's to be your primary identity. Don't take it as just another thing in your life. Take it as the thing in your life. And I think for today, this still holds true. and may not need much translating, but perhaps a clearer understanding of the call. The call of following God to Israel was a serious, almost desperate plea on God's behalf. Don't treat this without its due significance. The issue was, and still holds for today, that if Israel didn't take God as utmost important, pay attention to him, they would take something else as utmost importance, and that would prove devastating in their lives. And so the same holds for us. Something is always going to hold that primary spot of influence in our lives. And God is saying, if you're going to take on my name, 
don't take it in vain. That primary spot must be reserved for me, or likewise the results will not end in the most good that it could end in. For us, it can be holding on to old traditions that have long been devoid of God, or ideas that are contradictory to God. Essentially, the point is, where do we find our identity? Do we find it in a country affiliation, a political affiliation, an ethnic or gender affiliation? If any of these take more primary place than identifying with God's name as his people, then we need to evaluate if we are in his name in vain. Now, I'm not saying these other affiliations are not important. Many of these other affiliations are just the reality of, of our situation. But the point is that in a relationship with God, they can't be held primary. We find our understanding of all these other affiliations in our relationship with God and through our relationship with God. So perhaps commandment three for today could be phrased, follow me in earnest above all else. I'll say that again. Follow me in earnest above all else. In doing this, other identities become secondary and even slip away as the primary informer in our lives. So some examples, some that are highly polarized perhaps in our day and age and in the particular country that I live in uh, would be the affiliation of being an American. Uh, there's some very strong feelings of I am an American and therefore I live by the American values, which I think the primary place needs to be no, I am a person of God and so I live by God's values. And as we listen to God, we discover sometimes there are some differing values between being an American and being a follower of God. Another example, I am a male, so I live by male-defined values, or maybe however masculinity is defined. And again, I think the commandment here would bear out to say, no, I am a person of God, so I live by God's values. And then how does my being a male fit into the life God calls me to? Another example that can be hard to dissect is, I am a Christian, so I live by my religious defined values. And again, even that, I have to say, no, I'm a person of God, so I live by God's defined values. And I bring even my Christianity under my relationship with God. And I find often too sometimes that things that are held in high esteem as Christian values contradict what I learn about God and his values. And so even our Christianity, our maleness, our Americanness need to not be primary. But instead, in taking on the name of God, we need to not take on his name in vain. Taking on his name needs to be primary. Follow me in earnestness above all else. And here's the thing. As we do this, as we follow him in earnest above all else and start to reflect on all these different areas or circumstances in our life that we may hold primary, we find that he makes us more like himself. And without trying to offend, I mean these next examples in all sincerity, we become less American and we become more godlike. We become less male or female and we become more godlike. We become less Christian and we become more Christ-like. We become less conservative and we become more godlike. We become less liberal and we become more godlike. Anything you can tend to think of in following God, we will tend to lose the stereotypes of that label and we will move towards becoming more like the image that God has provided for us of himself, that of Christ. 
So as we take on his name in more and more seriousness, we find that takes place is a revolution from within, a stirring, a realignment, a reinvigorating, a bringing to life our spirits and our souls. And those that this is taking place in, that is God making a people for himself. It is the kingdom of God among us, which we find was Jesus's message as well, is that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent or change your ways. Make of less importance the things that are not that important and make of more importance the things that are important. Seek truth, seek knowledge, don't live in this name in vain. And in that way, God is building his kingdom, just as he was building up Israel as his people by teaching them about him with the commandment. All right, well, I think that covers commandment three. Thanks for hanging in there with me, and we'll talk again soon.